Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Yeah, welcome everyone. Um, got a, something a little bit different today. I know over the last few weeks we uh, we talked about equipment last week, which was really good. We had uh, video Steve, it was Good morning, Britain, but uh, trekking style, which was was yeah. great. Uh, you know, we've we've gone quite deep over the last, um, you know, six to eight weeks. Lots of different things, and something we haven't talked about. And I think it was reminded this weekend, Dave, wasn't it, in terms of why people are doing what we do. In terms yeah. of, um, you know, why do we do treks? Why do we do? Why do we put ourselves through pain? Why do we take on these challenges that uh, you know that not everyone's cup of tea? But if they are, obviously, yeah. in the right place. But it just sparked that conversation, especially from this weekend. We were at the Keswick Mountain Festival, yeah, um, which was awesome, Dave. And, and, and you came up and said, "And why don't we do? Why don't we talk about people's why?" Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. we were at the Keswick Mountain Festival, and it was the first sort of outdoor event that we've yeah. done as a that we've done as a group of uh, you know as a company. And it was it reminded me when it was there. It was just really interesting that we must have spoke to. Well, I know for a fact that we spoke to at least 400 people because that was the, what we were counting. 400. <laughs> but it was probably much more than that even. And it was just great because everybody that came up and it just yeah. brought to my attention like the amount of different reasons that people have for doing these yeah. things. I'll tell you tell you what, Andrew, for quickly because I can't read the uh, just uh, the glasses. Wow. Your eye you just went up about 40 points, mate. There we go. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it, uh, also my eyesight just went up about 40 points. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was mainly just so, um, you know, all the different people and all their different reasons, they come up and they share a little bit about their story and their history and yeah. the reasons why they want to go to sort of Everest or Kilimanjaro or wherever, you know, any of the destinations that we do. And they, it was really fascinating, I think, you know, mm. people sharing their stories and no two people were going there for the same reasons. Yeah. You know, they like they all, yeah, I want to go on an adventure. But then you say, well, why do you want to go on an adventure? And then when you dig a little bit deeper and you scratch beneath the surface, you find that, you know, there are so many different reasons and so many different, um, you know, like challenges that people face to get yeah. there. It was fascinating. So we thought, yeah, why not do a live about why people choose to go um, on these high altitude treks and why people choose to do what we do? Because there are easier ways to spend your time. I mean that's a fact. <laughs> you know, like you, like, but, you know I, easier, although as rewarding. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could go to you know the Maldives and sit on a beach drinking cocktails for three weeks. Which is you know. nice, by the way. I'm just putting well, that out there. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I've never been. To, I've never. I've never been to the Maldives. But also the and then why would you choose not to go there and to go to Everest base camp and be a yeah. vegetarian for three weeks and sleep in some pretty basic accommodation in minus 10, <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah, it's pain, quite, it's a pain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Dave, you hit on some really good points there, mate. And, uh, yeah, certainly over the weekend, we got, we got chatting to heaps of different types of people, you know, cause it's a Keswick mountain festival. There's a lot of events going on, a lot of trail runs, some triathlons, uh, there were even some sort of mountain, um, like three peaks challenge. There was, there's lots going on, and you kind of get some people who, who are clearly doing it for you know the the, the reward, the the medal, you know the the certificate, whatever you you call it. Um, some of them were going for the time. Some of them just like to be there because it's part of something else. Like um, we caught up with a couple of other trekkers who were doing um, uh, some events. Like we caught up with Abby. I'm not sure she's on the live today, um, but Abby's using it as as her training. I'd already done base camp with us 
Yeah. Um, and now she's she's going on to do something else now. So she's using it as training. That's what she was doing that event for at that time. Um, and then you've got people, you know, maybe on the flip side who who maybe want to do it for other reasons. You know, it's just good to get outside and good to, um, you know, for the mental side of things, uh, which is, you know, a, a, a big one right now, isn't yeah. it? You know? Um, you know, in our community, I know a lot of people are talking about this and getting outside. What was I'm talking about? Do excuse me and Dave if we're a little bit throaty. We've been talking all weekend. <clears throat> so uh yeah we're still we're still trying to catch up our voice box is still on recovery mode yeah um, yeah so yeah do do bear with us guys on this one uh i we only got back uh yesterday evening so yeah still still getting into it um but yeah dave right where should we start then because uh, in terms of why i mean obviously we, we focused on a, a couple of couple of reasons there um yeah I mean, let's talk about us start with you know in terms of why why do we do it why do, i mean what, why did you go to everspace camp for instance um for i think mine was a, it was a combination of about mm. two or three things i think when i was a kid i had a fascination with climbing everest anyway um i had no real conception of what everest was you know i just knew yeah. it was the biggest mountain in the world but you know i had no idea of what it took to climb it and then that dream went away and i started to become you know just a member of society that you know went to work every day and i did the nine to five and i worked in an office and i did lots of those things and there's nothing wrong with that but that's all i did like there was pretty much nothing else in my life i had no activities i didn't do any sports i didn't do anything challenging whatsoever and i realized that about 15 years had passed in that bubble and i really didn't know that much about myself you know like uh, was i the type of person that could run a marathon or was i the type of person that could cycle 100 miles or you know or am i the type of person that can never do those things so really it was a question about myself you know what am i capable of what can i do you know and when i was thinking about stuff to do you know do i sign up for the london marathon do i just start you know do i sign up to a bike ride and then that all like that flame in the back of my mind that was there when i was about eight years old sparked up yeah and so i had this idea that i would go to everest and but then again it, it still seemed like too too extreme for me um, my mind was like quite narrow uh, in terms of what I was thinking about. Yeah. And then I saw that you went there and we used to work together in a bank. And, I, and then all of a sudden I was like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> like we did the same job at the same time. And so, yeah, I signed up and I went there and I was appre- I was as apprehensive as anyone that goes on these trips for the first yeah. time. You know, I had no idea whatsoever what I was capable of, whether yeah. I was whether I could make Everest Base Camp. And yeah, it was a challenge and at times it sucked and it was, you know, it was harder than anything else I I ever had to do. But when I came back, like I was like man transformed, you know, like anything was possible. And I think it it does. It does do that to you, Dave, doesn't it? And I'm just reading through the comments here. And, um, you know, I I suppose just before, you know, maybe talk about some of my my journey as well. um, It's interesting to hear, you know, what what is everyone's what was everyone's drive? What was everyone's? reason what was your why um you know there's a couple just off the bat here just reading about i mean it was, it was a couple here actually people in hospital or icu wow um, yeah and then you want to you know suddenly i mean I, I mean i love that by the way you know you're seeing something like that and it was your it was your part of your motivation then by by the looks of it guys to actually go right okay um i'm at a low point now where's where's my target yeah. um and i really like that guys it's quite Quite inspirational as well and yeah comment your story is always good for us to um to learn from them because we can all learn this is what we you know part of the evertrek community is about and sharing our experiences and you know we, we can learn about equipment we can teach you about how to manage altitude you know we, we talk about that stuff a lot but yeah 
So there's a lot to be said about learning from people's experiences and, and these kind of things. And I know it seems like a bit of a wishy-washy subject, you know, your why and this and that. But, you know, if you've been around um, me and Dave for any length of time, you know that we're really focused on um, the brain and, 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 and the mind in terms of how it works from a motivational perspective yeah. and how important it is on these tracks. Um, more important, just as, as way more important than anything else, really. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, definitely post your, post your stories, guys. It'll be interesting you know, and, for us to see it as well. And it just goes to show as well that you, 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 you assume after a long time and you almost fall into this complacent mindset where I used to think everyone was going to Everest Base Camp for pretty much the same reasons that I went. And the further you get away from the those reasons you just become oh because i want an adventure because that's what i do because i'm a trekker that's what i am but actually just looking at those all these different reasons here you know there's about 20 different reasons popped up in the comments i spoke to 400 people with 400 different reasons over the weekend and it just goes to show that it is it's an important thing to talk about because yeah you know and it, it goes to show that anyone can do these types of trips anyone can yeah because there's no reason like that you can't go <laughs> i'm trying to find the words but it's like you know there's so many different people with so many different challenges that they had to overcome that someone somewhere will read that and think oh that's exactly what i went through like when i saw that you went to base camp yeah. you know like someone who was like close to me who did the same job who you know everything was like pretty much identical in our circumstances the only difference was that you just went and did it and i had to see you do it so talking about this subject on today's live will hopefully make other people see that what other people have gone through. Wow, that person did that. That person had surgery. You know, that yeah. way that person was whacked out their mind on morphine. I just saw someone say, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> um, no, no, it's, it's, it's really, mate, uh, really appreciate uh, everyone being so open as well, you know, um, in the community, uh, you know, because I know some of these stories can be quite sensitive. Um, really appreciate it, guys. And, um, you know, really privileged for you sharing your story as well. Yeah, a lot of lot of awesome stories. Even Joel, um, in reality, looking for the suitcase full of cash that Stallone <laughs> threw away at the end of Cliffhanger movie. That is brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, I, I love that movie. By the way, love that movie. It's um, of you know, it's wouldn't say it's hundred percent realistic, but um, yeah, just classic it's, Stallone. It's a documentary, <laughs> isn't it? And <laughs> like it's a documentary is is that how you climb? Is it with um in a vest up a, an ice wall? Bare hands in an ice wall, mate. Bare yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, I think Alex Arnold would have something to say about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Mark B. Croft. Mark, great to see you on the live just for the adventure because EBC would be warmer than Scotland. <laughs> yeah, certainly, mate. Certainly from Bad now point. until bloody uh, February, isn't it? It's Less midges as well. Less midges. Less midges. Less midges. More smelly toilets potentially. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some really great, great stories, guys. And yeah. So Dave. Okay. Then, so we go back to to you then. So you. Okay. Seeing me was kind of the motivation then you were like wow why haven't i done it right is that is that what yeah it, pretty much yeah Be yeah. because i started realize like i realized that i was you know overweight unfit yeah. relatively unhappy and unfulfilled all of those types of things that people go through when they've worked for a bank for 15 years um and i just decided that i was going to change and then i started looking for a challenge to kind of like figure out where my limits yeah. were figure out what i was capable of because i realized i absolutely had no idea you know and I always wanted to go to Everest and summit one day and, 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 you know, get to base camp and experience the Himalaya. But it's so big, that idea, you know, it's so gigantic that when I used to think about it, it, it just didn't seem possible. It, it wasn't a realistic option. And when people yeah. say, well, why wasn't it realistic? I obviously I haven't got an answer other than 
What do you mean, why isn't it realistic? Fly to Kathmandu, go to Nepal, go to Everest. What you want to mm. I lived in Milton Keynes at the time, <laughs> you know. And then one day, yeah, I was scrolling yeah, through yeah. Facebook and I saw the blog that you wrote on your first attempt, uh, on your first uh, visit to base camp. And yeah. I, I read through the blog and I caught up, I think, after you'd reached base camp. So I went back to the beginning and read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was reading I'll share this. share those again. I haven't... Um... Still my favourite blog. You say it it's a bit rusty and not as well written as in modern ones, but honestly, that's my favourite one. Yeah, it, it, I'll have to. Maybe I'll maybe I'll share it. Um, I started a, a blog um, before I even created Evertrek, which was uh, called Welshman Walking. And um, yeah, which has now been bought by someone else now in terms of the domain. But uh, yeah, the for me, it was just documenting my journey. And I know a lot of Evertrekers have done it. Um, you know, some of them have been fantastic reads over the last few years. You know, when we've been trekking to, to Everest Base Camp and, you know, climbing Island Peak or going to Kilimanjaro, South America, whatever you've been doing. <clears throat> and it's just it's just good to look back on, isn't it? And, and yeah. I think for me, it was uh, you realize that, OK, when you whenever you've got a plan, uh, it doesn't always go that way, but it makes for a much better story. And, yeah. You know, if, if everyone went to plan, it'd be boring, wouldn't it? You know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, that's it. I mean, you know, I've me, I missed the flight. You yeah. Know, I've, I've, things happen. Uh, that's traveling. That's, did you, that's adventure travel. Didn't know? you miss your flight because you were writing your blog? Yes. Yeah, and it's I love kind of, that. That's a that's a that's a weird one in itself, right? Yeah. There were so many stories though. Like I like certain things. I remember like the way you described the cold, the fact that you had to run behind toilet rock, um, you know, and all of these things. But honestly, do you know what? When I was yeah. reading it, the whole thing, I was just thinking like, well, it was a case of well, if if Andy can do it, I can do it. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. we uh, we we were like working the same job a few years ago, you know why? So what? What's the difference? And then literally that that was it. All of a sudden, it just that was the trigger for me. Other people have a different trigger. I think one of my what I used to think was one of my shortfallings was that <clears throat> my I never used to dream big and think big, you know. So whenever I thought I want to do a challenge, I'd look just outside my front door. I'd never really look, you know, into the far-flung regions of the world and stuff like that and when i saw you do it i just thought well, well i'm gonna do it and then mm. within 12 months i was i had done it yeah. and then when i did it it was like what's next what's next yeah now, yeah, I, can, yeah. now I can do anything but i don't understand to this day do you know what if someone asked me i'm not i couldn't give them an answer so i'll ask you mm. why did you go to everest base camp then the first time like why because you traveled loads and you've yeah. done lots of solo traveling. So why Everest Base Camp? Well, it's um, I mean, it's a story that goes back a long time, and uh, you know, essentially, it started on the beach in Thailand. Um, and I know, I know, there's a lot of ever trekkers who have, who have been part of the group for a while. I've heard this story, but um, yeah. So I was reading a book called Into Thin Air, uh, which I found from some random, I don't know where it was. It was like a book swap sort of place uh, in one of the local local haunts in um, in Koh Tao in Thailand, uh, whilst I was teaching scuba diving. And yeah, just reading reading that book kind of thought about it just just sowed the seed for me about going to the Himalayas. Um, and then years later, then when I was working for Lloyd's, which is where we met Dave. Yeah. Um, I know you'd left at that point, but I was I was still still there, uh, <laughs> loving that wonderful job. Um, and yeah, it was one of those where I think I needed a change, and I decided that time right, I'm going to just go somewhere and I'm going to start travel writing because it was something I really wanted to do. And I just uh, remembered that literally looked at lunchtime one day um just googled everest base camp found a, a company um and that evening i booked my flight to go to everest base camp which i left two weeks later and it was just it was one of those 
just moments really um you know and 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 the deeper the deeper thing and i realized this then is that it was also for a health reason as well because i'd struggle with asthma and you know i wanted to prove i can i can get there that was that was my reason um and i realized actually yeah i didn't have nothing to worry about i was fine my my asthma didn't limit me or altitude in 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 fact it having that um having the limitation on the breathing knowing what that felt like already maybe gave me a bit of an advantage i don't know mentally it maybe did um you know and i loved it i absolutely yeah. loved it fell in love obviously loved it which is is why we um you know why we're here uh you know which is is amazing and i think yeah just reading through all the comments i mean um got a couple of shout outs as well as well because we did meet some awesome ever trekkers on the weekend some yep. of them who traveled a long way to see us alan smith andy smith um lot of smiths um yeah alan just great to see you come all the way down from uh, um uh, dumfries wasn't it all the way down to the lakes and yeah it was great uh great to see you finally mate after all these uh all these years yeah it was, um, it was great to finally meet alan yeah. because i never met him before and um yeah he's he's he, he's he's nearly 75 but he's like he's got more energy than than i've ever had yeah. and he showed me all of these pictures of these ridge walks that he's done all over scotland and i'm sitting there thinking like my god <laughs> like I'm, I'm never gonna catch up with this guy also abby lawson as well it was great to catch up with abby, abby um, i yeah. met her in Kathmandu back in 2019 yeah um, Stewart as well wasn't it he's um, caught up with simon yeah, yeah, he did the um, the the three peaks one on the Sunday, I think, about eighteen yeah. mile or something like that. So yeah, that was a beast. Caught up with him before and after. No, it was yeah. awesome, and it was part of it. It was great. Obviously, it's good for business to go with those things, but you get so much more out of it as well. Like personally, yeah. I mean, it, driving back, yes, first and foremost, I was overwhelmingly tired. But yeah. actually, when I got home and I was sitting and chilling and enjoying myself, I just realised, man, it's so great to like connect with people and hear their stories and it's also very humbling to have people come up and make the journey to come and see you and say hello and yeah. stuff like that although i was walking across the campsite and uh i remember i heard someone say um the painted yeti and stuff like that and i'm like oh god i gotta be on my best behavior now <laughs> you know like you gotta can't get away with it now dave <laughs> yeah exactly um no it was it was like that wasn't it we met um ferdinand um and his wife um who are coming uh to everest with us and, and yeah obviously have moved their trips i'm just just trying to remember everyone we met it's always always difficult but yeah it was just great to to, to chat with them and also new people as well like people who um are right at the start of their journey um you know we, we've we've told about the community no doubt over the next couple of weeks we'll see more people enter the community yeah um you know because there was a lot of people who, who were interested and we did run um some little bit different we ran a little competition at the event i think it's only right dave we uh we get on with that um, and announce the winner of that competition. So basically yeah, we did at the, at the festival. I think we got a few people on the live um, who were at the festival. We uh, basically was some free kit. Um, so yeah, if you're the winner, we will um, obviously follow up with an email. Um, and we've, we've said a little bit different this time. We've actually created a little spinny little wheel, which hopefully now, you know, you guys know we're amazing at tech. So this should go like no, no problems here. Right, Dave? Yeah, it's going to be so smooth, mate. I mean, um, I have a funny feeling what's going to happen now is you're going to hit the button. We're going to hear a loud beeping noise. There's going to be a picture of a young girl holding a doll. Like, feel, remember this. Do you remember that video? Wow. Like, it's like a cut screen. Oh, is that and it was like a, Yeah, she's like yeah. sat on some toy blocks in something holding a doll. Yeah. 
someone's going to remember it, please. I'm not on acid. <laughs> yeah, the saver screen. Yeah. Acid, Jesus. That's yeah, it. That's that. it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Fee's I remember it. Fee's the only one that gets my references because, yeah. But so, <laughs> Andy, right, Dave, hit, hit I'm going to show it in stream. And then okay, we'll yeah. See. Right, so we are. Okay, now I know it's not the largest wheel in the world, guys. Um, unfortunately, we can't make that any larger, but I will. Let's have a look. You're guaranteed you'll be able to see the name. Right, Dave, can you still see that? Uh, I, yeah, I can read every name on there, mate. I'm just going to have to add an extra 12 inches to my glasses. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, everyone's accusing me. Yeah, right, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do the spinning. Can you see the spinning? It spins a lot faster in reality, doesn't it? It does. It looks a bit spacey on there, but uh, let's have a look. Who's the winner then? Who's the winner? And who is that? <laughs> I can't see that. Neil. Neil. Neil Stevenson. Neil Stevenson. Brilliant. Congratulations. Neil wow, you're going to need a microscope to read that, Neil. But um, yeah, uh, we can. We will zoom in. I wish we could. We could kind of hide me and you, Dave. But I know if I do that, naturally, we'll. Um, it'll probably uh, disappear. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. So Neil. Neil is the the winner of the um, the, the free uh, equipment we did at the Keswick Mountain Festival. So Neil, congratulations. Yeah. We'll be uh, dropping you an email right after um yeah congratulations neil um right let's let's make uh let's get that little dot out of the way shall we uh off the screen let's hide that and then we're back dave we're back honestly was that seamless that, and I, I might need a minute because that actually was beautiful um yeah well done neil stevenson yes you've got congratulations right there, yeah. neil stevenson um yeah well i suppose we'll get in touch with you and then uh the painstaking and always fun job of uh doing shopping for 700 pounds worth of trekking equipment for someone oh, else I know. <laughs> uh, it was uh it was great yeah over there's a reason it was you couldn't see the names we had over 450 people enter that over the weekend yeah so yeah um it's uh, yeah it was it was crazy people obviously really uh interested uh, in coming trekking with us so yeah, um, if you uh, if you have been uh, if you did enter that, um, you will there will get an email uh, after this as well. With um, obviously we've got some runner-up prizes in our competitions that we like to offer. Um, right, Dave. Yeah. Right, where, where where should we go next? We've so we talked a little bit about uh, people's why. Yeah. Um, obviously we talked you know, a few maybe personal stories there. Just a, a reminder to everyone: any questions, do drop them in. I know we're talking about um, you know people's why and things, but any questions about anything to do um with uh you know trekking anything yeah. to do with altitude uh just drop us a message anything to do with keswick mountain festival even if the question is what weight was the bag yeah um which sarah string fellow sarah great to meet you by the way um yeah it was actually 11 kgs so yeah. that was the uh that was the, the the weight of the bag so i can't remember what you went for but um yeah uh yeah let's know yeah it was really it was re it was really tricky because we could have made it like 20 kilos or 30 kilos which a would have opened us up to some insurance claims when people tried to pick it up but say, being, heavy, being the duffel bag the weights and even loads of people were really struggling we had we had one i think we had a, a guess that was about two and a half kilos and we had someone say 19 kilos and pretty much everything in between it was crazy but um yeah you know what something i was thinking uh, and maybe this is just something me i was thinking well the people who because we know it's 11 kgs um you know roughly i think it was just under and um and then someone comes in, lifts it up, and then thinks it's 
um, four and a half kgs. And I thought, wow, they must think they're really strong to, to think that, that they can pick up 11 yeah. kgs that quickly. And then I was thinking, that's the reason they're going lower. I was just yeah. interested with the psychology of that kind of stuff. I don't know what you thought of that. I now weigh things in Jack Russells. Um, so someone came <laughs> over and lifted up their Jack Russell and then lifted up the bag and they were like, that's about three Jack Russells. So now whenever I weigh anything, so um, I weigh about um, I weigh about 37 Jack Russells. Um, the van's about 300 Jack Russells. Um, so yeah, I only weigh things in Jack Russells now. It's a much more fun and inclusive way to weigh yourself. Also, I think the weekend was mainly about the dogs for some people. Um, really? Yeah, whenever the dogs would arrive, you could hear Rosie um, admit what can only be described as like a shriek. Maybe it was very loud. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a shriek that ended in a loud squeak. Um, and quite often her arms would go up like this and she'd go like... You know, and then more than once I saw her like just lying on her side on the ground with a dog. Different dogs all the time. I know. Yeah, yeah. I um I, I I think I was the other side of the festival and I could hear it. Yeah. Um you know You could, yeah. Like I way. I'd be wandering around like getting like uh you know something to eat or something and I'd be like Aah! and then I'd be like, Oh, Rosie's found a collie. And um yeah, then there was Digby, wasn't there? Digby the uh Dalmatian. Dave, don't know what breed he was, but he was a legend. Dave, oh yeah, Dave the dog, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dave the dog, yeah. You're a different breed, Dave. Yeah, I'm a different breed of dog, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, There are some questions actually coming in, which is really good, actually. Uh, Around, where was it? Uh, Oh, geez, I've probably lost the questions now. What weight was the bag? Okay, yeah, we answered that one. Um, (laughs) Even Kim mentioned, now that we were, that would make a tune in. What do you use for weight or height distance comparators? yeah that's quite that's quite an interesting what do we use as a gauge yeah in terms of um, well weight obviously is we've decided is jack russell's or um, cats if you're a mona or cats if you're a mona yeah but cats is difficult because it's a much smaller measurement um so the numbers are ultimately much higher um it's like weighing something in grams instead of kilograms you know um distance wise what would be an interesting distance one tune out guys just make a cup of tea right now um <laughs> like distance Don't tune like, out on the tune in yeah what what would be a good distance one come back to it we'll come back to you when i have a, no, I, I, off the top of my head i was thinking uh with distance sometimes if you're into you know you can you can kind of gauge okay i know roughly that how long i can walk in 10 minutes yeah so if i'm walking for 10 minutes i know i've gone a certain amount get so that's me gauging you know uh the distance i'll know say i can do a, a mile in, in 10 minutes or something yeah I'm moving quite quickly there um not exactly not as quick as um as spud who was on the live douglas smith is finally on the live He's ah sir edmund spuddery um mine i think i measure distance in um swollen knees um so obviously so if i get like a mile that's only about you know an extra inch or two on the circumference of the knee five yeah. miles that's probably going to be three to four inches so all i got to do is measure the circumference of my knee and i'd be like yeah i've walked about eight miles today the size of a zeppelin <laughs> i'm just reading some here uh, while people are how many jack russell's can the ever trek duffel bag hold um geez 15 kgs good question question there actually so i I would say that it's a good maybe good six jack russells in a in an evertrek duffel bag you reckon yeah 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 it depends how sedated they are (laughs) (laughs) brilliant uh distance in yaks from stewart yeah yeah yeah, i suppose you could gauge that couldn't you because especially in your ever space camp trek and you've got maybe 50 yaks yeah kind of going you're thinking okay and then, and then because you see that every now and again, you know 
roughly what sort of distance uh, Andy James uh, good old Papa Tembo has raised a very good point <laughs> um, which is that your distance calibrator and his broken has been broken for some time yes um, and so yeah I've often said that if Andy says it's a shortcut down there your response to that is to run to the nearest National Trust maintained footpath and follow <laughs> that at all costs no <laughs> off piece is fine um but yeah yeah I, james great to see you on the live mate i remember your gauge of distance on larry grew needs calibration i'm trying i'm trying with the the the, the distance gauge um yeah it, and it's, uh, it's it's always optimistic and he's like is. i remember when we went to we did what we call the bomber trek in brecon and andy's like got this great shortcut for the way back it was about five miles longer than the way there <laughs> yeah but it was the scenic route it was the scenic route. It just so happened that the weather scuppered you because it was misty and there was no view. But no, it's always fun. It's always it's always an adventure. Andy can turn a trek to the shops into an adventure. So, <laughs> well, it's it's all about um, it's all about the journey, mate. It's all about the adventure, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dave. I used to get a three mile blister running every time. It's a good system. So he knew if I get a blister, I've just run three miles. Yeah. That's a good. I, I, I like that. I like that. Need, uh, need some new good. shoes, man. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd be saying you could probably change that with uh, with whatever type of shoes you're wearing. Yeah. Change the Joel, variables. Joel has asked, "Can you stroke the yaks, and do they sit upon command?" <sighs> They don't do I'll anything by command, and you can stroke them, um, but if they stroke you back, they tend to do so with their horns quite violently. Do you remember that one time, and when I got hit by a by a yak in Tengboche, when I walked towards when, it and it, when he went like, he, he, like swung yeah, his head yeah, and like cracked yeah, my pole, yeah, yeah, grumpy animals, very grumpy animals. But then yeah, I would be if I was carrying that much weight. Yeah, I think Jerome just just firing Jerome there. Um, when he said Mandel Bhutan's, I think uh, in response to. Um, Dave's blisters, yeah. Jerome, good recommendation. Recommend them myself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Although I would treat them uh, or uh, treat them. Um, what do you call it, Dave? Uh, waterproof them, uh, wax them. That's what you call it. I was thinking that my my mind today. Treat, treat. All right, you you were okay the first one. Yeah, treating your boots is all right. That that they would have understood. I was on it first time. Okay, I should have trusted my first answer. Yeah, no, it was because uh, me and Dave wore uh, mineral boots on the weekend, and mm -hmm. um, uh, it was very wet grass. And it was clear after about five seconds of walking whose was treated and whose hadn't been treated. Hang on, um, you give away the answer. Let's see. Okay. Let's see. Well, who, who do you think treated their boots and who do you think didn't? This would be interesting, and to see what their um, impressions of us are. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly. Yeah. Which one of us winged it and which one of us treated them? Um, but yeah, awesome. So yeah, you... A for Andy or B for Dave. Yeah, good call, good call. Oh, hang on a minute, I'm B. Um, okay. uh, D for Sorry. Dave. <laughs> oh, oh, D for Dave. Yeah. What's um, your nickname previously? I know we're, we're going right off tangent now. Uh, Big D. It was, yeah, but... The, 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 but then, really... you, then you got into motivating and you, you went to... Uh... <laughs> and then you went trekking, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, my, it was Big D, yeah, but that related to the, the, the size of my waist and nothing else. <laughs> and... <laughs> Kim, Andy is a. I read that as a winger, a winger. Uh, yes, I think you are correct. Yeah. I didn't treat my boots, um, and they did get wet. Although I didn't feel it. It was uh, mainal boutons are so good. I didn't even feel it, even though they haven't been treated. How good is that? <laughs> it's funny, Andy. You're the winger by far. <laughs> um, and Joel, Joel Palmer said, "You need your sinus operation. You look clogged up. This is normal for him, Joel. He's had the. Tell me about it, Joel. 
I've never known him not have a sniffle. <laughs> like for as long as I'm I've known him. For it. I'm uh, probably 18 months overdue. Uh, yeah. But NHS, unfortunately, um, in uh, waiting lists. But yeah, still, still waiting for that. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, what am I going to sound like when I actually have the operation? That's going to yeah. be weird. No, oh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. I don't think you're going to be able to cope with the smells. Andy's not had had zero sense of smell for so many years now that you know he'll come out of a toilet and go actually and go, yeah, it was all right, Dave. And then when you walk in, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So it, I think the world's going to be quite overwhelming. Um, it is going to be just, crazy. We should do some questions. Yeah, definitely, Dave. Definitely. I know it's been uh, it's been a bit of a uh, different Tuesday tune in today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, yeah, go for it, Dave. What? Uh, um, where do you want to start? Okay, so Leah. Oh, she's asked a really interesting question that I think everyone wants to know the answer to, um, which is uh, how's the knee, Dave? Do you just copy and paste it? I'm sure you do. Um, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um, you know, a little bit ropey after the weekend. You know, on my feet for four days straight, pretty much has uh, rendered it a little bit sort of weak and clicky. It's clicking a bit. But, you know, straight back into the physio, it'll be okay. I've told myself in two months' time I'm going to ride a ride a bike. Um, and in two months' time, I'll be going to Tubecal as well. I was so, say, it, which it, you do, yeah, you're going to do Tubecal first. Tubecal first, 100%. Yeah, Tubecal first. Yeah, because I know, I know I'm going to crash. So, if I, do, if I ride the bike before <laughs> Tubecal, who knows what could happen. Um, <laughs> so, I'm just reading for the comments. And uh, Rebecca, for a minute, I thought that said swinger um yeah that's a that's a, that's a different uh, different live that one yeah um <laughs> uh here we go so we we're actual actually got some trekking questions now this is good um bit off topic just a random one on the island peak trip when we land at lookla do we stay the night there or start trekking the day we land um lee great to see you on the live um yeah so we do when you land at lookla we we usually meet the rest of um uh, the porters so all the porters actually live up in the mountains they don't um, fly up from Kathmandu. Um, as well as that, some of the um, uh, assistant guides live there as well. Most of the guides come from Kathmandu. And then, so we'll meet the rest of the team. Uh, they'll grab the bags, sort of get them, get all that sorted. We'll then head for, um, you know, a little breakfast, a little cup of coffee, um, you know, because you arrive at 2,800 metres and then we've got to hike all the way down then uh, to Facting, which is at uh, 2,600 metres roughly. Um, it takes about two and a half, three hours. But before we do that, um, yeah, we just... Stay in Lukla for about an hour, hour and a half, um, which is always nice. You can watch the planes come in and um, everyone takes their, their little video. Um, uh, yeah, great little spot. Uh, yeah, so you don't stay in Lukla. Um, you know, rare, rare occasion because we have had um, historically, I mean, you're talking one in every maybe 100, is that um, we've had people arrive that late in Lukla. They've had to stay there. Um, and again, very, very rare. Um, I've stayed about an hour outside of um, uh, outside of Lukla in a place called Sheplung, which has one of the best coffee shops in the whole of the Kumbu, um, of that region. Amazing. So I was quite lucky in a way. Um, but that was back in 2018. We had, um, yeah, lots of bad weather. It was quite challenging. We had to do some helicopters. One of the helicopters couldn't even land at Lukla. Had to land two hours down. So you had to hike up two hours to Lukla from a landing yep. strip that was down the valley and then hike again. It just it didn't didn't it was gonna be a long day, so we decided to stay in Sheplong. Awesome. Great copy. Um yeah, hope that answers your question, Lee. So yes, you don't stay in Lukla. Short, short answer. Awesome. Um let's have a quick look here. Um Christopher Hurst, would you recommend uh, a family track, EBC or Kilimanjaro, wife, two sons, sixteen and thirteen? So <clears throat> Both would be good. I've seen families on both trips. 
Um, my opinion, which is not necessarily fact, is that EBC would probably be a little bit better um, because Summit Night on Kilimanjaro is pretty intense. It's very, you know, it's a big, big challenge. Depends on the family, I guess. But um, Everest Base Camp is very challenging and very, you know, it still offers all the challenges, but it's a more gradual ascent. And it's more like you're traveling from A to B as opposed to climbing one specific mountain. Kilimanjaro, obviously, you're there to do one job and that's reached the summit of, uh, of Kilimanjaro. So when you've yeah. got Summit Night on, um, you know, it tends to be sort of like get your head down and, and it, you know, it's a night trek. You're up for over 30 hours. It's at altitude. So it's a really big, awesome challenge. But maybe if I was going there with all my family and stuff like that, I'd want something a little less intense. Um, and you are intense all the way up. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I would say, yeah, probably, Very good, Dave. Very perhaps good. EBC, but that's just my opinion. Do Killy if you want to as well. But I would say my opinion would be EBC. Yeah, I think just share my thoughts on it. Um, yeah, what would be the best? I mean, there's, you know, if, if you're looking outside of those two, you know, maybe Machu Picchu could be could be a good one for families. Um, in terms of the altitude profile, maybe even Tupacal. I mean, I always say it depends on the family because, you know, if you if you know, we met some families on the weekend, for instance, and their, you know, their nine-year-old kid was trekking up Helvellyn and out in the weekends. And, you know, I reckon that that family could easily get up Killy, you know, just because they're they're just out all the time you know so i think um yeah it depends on uh i'd say that the, the kids um you know in terms of what they're like because yeah th just thinking about the challenging parts to all of these like dave said their summit not in killy you know it's tough for any anyone you know adults um you know that that's hard across the board so yeah you gotta really be thinking you know can your kid handle that um and you know will they what's that going to be like so yeah, something to think about. Um, with Everest Base Camp, I'd say out of those two would probably be easier. We we do see a lot more kids on yeah. the Everest route rather than on Killy, so maybe that gives you a little bit of an idea. Um, but yeah, I reckon yeah. Any um, we're, we're having a chat though. If you know, if um, uh, obviously you're thinking about bringing the kids and Chris, I you know um, I forgot what trip you booked in now, but um, yeah, definitely worth a, a conversation, and we can maybe have a chat about it and see if. Um, uh yeah if if we can what what trip is best for you yeah uh, but good question though. Like that. awesome um so mark beecroft not altitude hey, but would you ever consider a uh, tmb so uh i'm assuming that's tour de mont blanc um unless you've say an mtb and it's a little bit of a typo which would be mountain biking but yeah tour de mont blanc yeah it's 100 percent on the radar um yes. you know it takes a little bit of time for us to kind of develop these trips and build them the evertrek way um but yeah 100 percent on our radar is something we're actively working on um so hopefully before long we will have some uh um some tmb trips yeah it's uh we had we had a lot of questions about that at the weekend didn't we because i mean well it's weird but something always sticks out i mean lovely uh it was lovely talking to people about base camp and killy and island peak mara peak there were quite a lot of people who've done even k2 base camp um you know it was a broad range but two trips came up a lot machu picchu was one i think i don't know if it was the top of audience at the festival and um and the mont blanc the tour de mont blanc that came up a lot as well yeah um you know and obviously machu picchu as you guys know we got a really really cool um uh, route that we we go there uh you know via tomakea route uh in south america in peru um but yeah tour de mont blanc is, is something that we're looking to do as well as the summit but um yeah it's, it's been difficult actually finding um sort of the, the kind of team we want to 
um, sort of work with, and we're still working on that. We'll let you guys know because obviously we know how popular that is. Yeah. Um, you know, we know it's a big one. I remember chatting on the training weekends a few weeks ago. Um, I think some of the other trekkers were, were really wanted to do it. So, yeah, guys, as soon as we, we have that in place and we're able to, um, you know, sort of catch up with the, the team over there and, and make sure it's the right fit, then, yeah, we'll be we'll be doing that 100%. Yep. Um, it's a good one, yeah. Um, some questions as well. I think it was with, might be from Jerome, actually. Might have been around Tupcal. Is there an itinerary for, here we go. Andy, do we have an itinerary for Tupcal in November? Yes, we do. Um, it's the so it's the same as as all the other ones on the four days. Um, I know Jerome will, will will catch up separately about that, um, just because it's um, obviously that's a prime kind of a private trip. But yeah, I'll, I'll drop you. Uh, I know we need to to get you sort of locked in. I've got you on the spreadsheet, mate. Um, yeah, I just need to get that sorted. Um, but yeah, can't wait to see you there. Um, right, Dave, what other questions have we got there? Um, so I've just spotted one interesting question here from Carl Dean. Um, do you get yeah. water in Lukla so no need to take on the aircraft? 100%. Um, yeah. So Lukla, you, like, one of the things that they tell you before they weigh your bags is to <clears> remove <throat> and pour out any water, any liquids and stuff like that. Um, every day on the trip, so most every morning, every lunchtime and then every evening, the guides and the team will get you all your fresh drinking water. It's all going to be purified um, through the, the filters that we use. Um, and so most mornings, there's a little bit of routine. You have your breakfast, you fill up your water bladder, do the same thing on lunch, and then do the same thing at the end of the day as well. So yeah, no need to uh, worry about water or bring any with you from Kathmandu or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, worth saving weight. Some people just... Um... Just take a bottle as well, uh, just when you're on the flight, if you want. Although you'd probably be enjoying the views rather than drinking water. But, you know, if you're trying to keep hydrated, um, yeah, you can refill. Refill in Lukla. No worries. Um, <laughs> just seems to be a big conversation going around about um, about toilets and washing hands and yep. um, opening doors and taking the laptop. Uh, anyway, that, <laughs> that's how, sorry, I'm just trying to visualize it. And I'm thinking, wow. Yeah. Um, where people are watching their, uh, the Tuesday tune-in from, Australia, you know, Hawaii, and whilst on the toilet. Great. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Marvellous. Um, so uh, Rachel Kempson has asked a cool question. Favourite trek thus far? Andy? Ooh. Altitude, yeah? Yeah. Uh, every space camp. Yeah. Not by a mile. I'd say very close to Killy. Um, but yeah, I think it's because I, I think I got asked this question on the weekend. Um, and I think I'd say my, the same answer is that that's because, because the journey started there. Um, I have this emotional attachment to it. Um, and just, yeah, the first time I went to Everest base camp where how remote it is and seeing the people there and how they live and the Sherpa culture, um, Kathmandu getting blown away by, like the craziness of it, but then you love it. <laughs> uh, Tamil, when you walk through Tamil and you've got like hundreds and not hundreds yeah. of trekking gear shops, um, then you've got a coffee, then you've got an Irish bar. I mean, coffee, then a Guinness. What more yeah. do you want? Um, yeah, I think 100%. I, I love Killy, don't get me wrong. I, I, it was brilliant. It was the last kind of big thing we did because of COVID. Um, you know, so again, we've got a lot of emotional attachments to that. But yeah, Everest Base Camp for me. Um, yeah. Dave, what did you say? Did you say Everest? Uh, you, yeah, you yeah, I'm really, it's, it's almost 50-50, but Everest Base Camp for me because 
it was the first trip I ever did. First time I got to see Everest. Yeah. I fell in love with Nepal and the Nepalese people and their culture and everything about the place I absolutely love. And you've only got to look at it that I've been to Nepal about seven times, you know, and I've uh, trekked there like four times so that, or four or five times. So there's that we were going to go in May, but we got shut down because of the red list, you know. So it's one of those places I think yeah. under normal circumstances, I'll go at least once a year, no matter whether yeah. I'm trekking or visiting or doing anything. It's got to be it's got to be Nepal for me. But, you know, having said that, it's I love Africa as well. And once you go to Africa, it kind of gets under your skin a little bit. And yeah, it does, it? Africa is so diverse and so different and so it's high energy. You know, when you go there and the African people and singing and the dancing and how friendly everyone is. So, yeah, it is a very close second. I think it's, it's whichever one I would have done first would have probably ended up being my favorite. And that happened to be Nepal. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, you, sometimes it just sort of adds weight to it, doesn't it? But Kili is is amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nepal, special place, Nepal. Yeah. I think um, yeah, if you go there, there's so much more than just the trekking, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely awesome. Yeah, I hope I answered your question. Good question. Yeah. Um, yeah, just seen uh, Stephen Smurthwaite. Steve, great to see you on here, mate. Three years ago, you're on Triglav in Slovenia. You know what? I remember when you posted about that. Um, it doesn't feel like it's three years ago, just uh, just to say, yeah. But you, uh, I know you did some uh, via Ferrata there, didn't you? We've actually um, we've been sourcing um, a good company in in uh, Slovenia, actually, uh, very close to sorting that out, Dave, aren't you? I know that. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I'm technically off work this week, um, but next week um, I'll probably be putting the finishing touches on that one and getting it all ready. So not long after that yeah we'll be um yeah. we'll be uh, doing some adventures in slovenia and triglav and That's yeah like list, right? <laughs> exactly yeah exactly so yeah, it just yeah. makes travel a little bit easier yeah um but yeah awesome can't yeah, wait no, for that one i think um just uh, i don't know who it was it might have been diane actually or just uh, just around um i think this year i think you mentioned about november i'm sorry diane i'm just trying to yeah here we go uh, do you think this season is more likely to be cancelled now apart from tubcal think i've decided to move tracks yeah it's um certainly i mean we've we've kind of rescheduled up until the end of october now we've, we've kind of got in touch with everyone around that um in the red list countries so yeah nepal um you know tanzania um we, we haven't done that with november yet um obviously we're not a million miles away from it are we and you know we are sort of recommending rescheduling just because it's you know the red list isn't changing um you know and, and i know it's every three weeks so we're kind of waiting and waiting and waiting um but yeah but you know so if you do want to reschedule completely understand um you know it goes to everyone really yeah so yeah it's uh certainly it's, it's still crazy to think that we're still here and still talking about it um whilst obviously some some of the things we've looked at are the other other areas that we could potentially run trips over the next few months uh, which is why we looked at um you know places like triglav uh, in slovenia we've looked at other places as well uh, nothing we can kind of discuss as of yet, um, you know, because we don't want to put too much out there. But um, yeah, we're really excited. I mean, when we when we when we do start, um, it's going to be great. I mean, even just this weekend, I know we've run training weekends. We've had some, um, you know, Snowdonia Explorer up in um, you know in North Wales. Uh, we had Kim who went to um, you know went to Tubcal. You know, this really just the start of it again, really. Um, you know, we're we're as excited as as anyone. But we we excited, but realize it's super frustrating that at the moment with certain countries. Yeah. Um, but it won't be long, guys. Um, we'll be we'll be we'll be out there tracking and 
having an awesome time and realizing why, which we go back to what we started at the beginning, why we do these things. Um, I think they'll be more enjoyable because of the weight we've now had. Yeah. Um, I know like this weekend, you know, seeing people and engaging, it's probably way more enjoyable day, wasn't it? Because of we haven't had this opportunity over the last 18 months. Yeah, 100%. You know? I mean, there's been so much sort of, you know, like the COVID has been such a sort of game changer. It's probably going to be part of the fabric of society for decades, to be fair. But I think at least, you know, this whole, you know, we've had to do the right thing and stay apart from each other and do all of that, you know, necessary stuff. But you forget that, you know, what we took for granted was all of those human connections that were part of our fabric and we missed out on that. And then when we got it back, it brought it home and start contrast. Well, actually, this is amazing. You know, meeting like-minded people and, you know, the energy that you get from being around other people is just, you know, you, you feed off it and it's brilliant. And I think you could see that just the energy of the whole weekend and the people that we spoke to. And yeah, it was, it, I think it just reminded me that it is important to get out there and do stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Leads us on to another question I saw, which is pretty cool, which yeah. was from Joel. Uh, what's on our bucket list to hike? Not a summit. Um, nice. So Ooh, I've got some good ones there. I, I, for me, Dave, sorry to jump in. Um, I've always wanted to walk the El Camino in Northern Spain. That's definitely, it takes about a month. Um, but that walks all the way from the Pyrenees all the way over to the Atlantic Ocean, literally north of um, Portugal. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, yeah. El Camino, I think, which is Spanish for the way, isn't it? Um, but it's like an old pilgrimage route. Um, I don't know. I just, I, the first time I went to base camp, I took my laptop. I also downloaded a couple of movies. And one of them was about, it was called The Way. And um, yeah, it was brilliant. Absolutely loved it, and it gave me the idea. And I was like, "That just looks amazing." Yeah, yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, amongst many other things, Dave. Uh, there's probably three on mine, but I can't remember the name of one of them. I know it's a trek through the jungle from Mexico into America, but I'll find that out. Oh, really? um, but yeah, I, there was a podcast from um, outside. Um, you know, outside okay. online, their podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. where they talked about it, and um, they, I think it's like an old smuggling route that goes through the jungle. But no, mine would have to be K2 Base Camp, which I will be ticking off relatively soon. Yeah. Um, and then I would love to trek the Amazon. Um, okay. Oh, wow. I know that's I know that's a bit of a beastie one. I don't know if that'll ever get if that'll ever happen. But um, yeah, ever since I read um, that book from the uh, I've forgotten his name now, here's the TV show. You know where he gets stranded on an island. I can't believe I've forgotten his name. Uh, but his name? anyway, <laughs> he was the first person to first person to trek the length of the Amazon. Um, and I read awesome. that book. Read that book, and it just sounded like awesome and amazing, and the cultures and the danger, and obviously so many things that can go wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's that's again going back to why and finding your limits and stuff like that. So I remember when I thought that Everest Base Camp would be impossible. And yeah. then I did it and it expands your mind. So I quite like to think now, okay, what, what would I consider impossible now that I would still be willing to give a go? And I think yeah, yeah, yeah the length of the Amazon would be would be for me. It'd be a challenge, wouldn't it? And I know obviously I know we're off the topic of altitude, but Ed Stafford. You know, Ed Stafford, brilliant. He's yeah. um he does a lot of uh, inspirational speaking actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like connected with him on LinkedIn. He's a really um really cool guy. Um well, yeah, I'd have to try and get him on the podcast. Yeah, so thanks, Dave. Thanks, someone else that gave me his name as well, James Ashley. James yeah. Ashley, yeah. Oh, of course, of course, James knows. He knows everything. James, um, a few comments about your uh, <laughs> your frozen beard pick this uh, this weekend, mate. You were on our gazebo. 
Um, we put a couple of oh, screenshots yeah. of um, some Instagram posts from our um, uh, on our Evertrek page, and uh, you were on there, mate. You had some, you had some, um, uh, you had some big thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, another one. Um, yeah, the Kingsleden, which is uh, the King's Trail in Sweden. I've yeah. always wanted to do that, and uh, you can do it. it is, obviously, there's, it's quite long, but I think you can do it in like a week. No, no, sorry, longer than that, two weeks. But there's sections. Um, yeah. Can't wait to do that. Um, yeah, when, we, when we're allowed to travel again. Certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a month doing El Camino and then off for a couple of weeks and doing Sweden. That'll be cool, wouldn't it? Awesome. Um, another one. Sorry, I just ideas now, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to hike across Iceland. Oh, that'd be stunning. Wouldn't it? And I, I guys, I'm, I'm, we're actually quite close. I'm in the, in the research of doing that. We'd like to run some trips over in Iceland. Um, and again, I know it's not altitude, it's more trekking, but it's something that, uh, you know, with the way the landscape is, it's really, really good, um, you know, kind of practice, if you like, for the for the altitude stuff. Um, I forgot the name of the trail. I think it's called the Lodavanda Trail, something like that. And it goes all the way across Iceland. I love to do it. I think it takes about several days. Um, yeah, we'll hit you up with any details around that, definitely, because something I've always wanted to do, um, yeah, cross Iceland. Like the Vikings did all those years ago. Yep. Um, uh, n- who did that the other day? Was it Sean Conway? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it was Sean. I think he's. Yeah, he's the guy that uh, I think he did 15 marathons and 15 different places. I think I can't remember. He was no, he did actually. He did yeah, the. He um, yeah, Sean Conway. He's, I followed him, so I liked his long distance adventure cycling. Yeah. But he's the guy that the first was did like a length of Britain triathlon. So we ran. Lands End, John O'Groats, and then he swam it, and then he uh, cycled it. Um, I've just done a bit of Googling. The Darien Gap was the one that I was thinking about. I think that's how you pronounce oh, yeah. it. The Darien Gap um, is the, is that one in South America that I was uh, consider- thinking about. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that'd be another one that I'd like to do. Nice. So much to do, guys, isn't it? When we're, uh, It's like you can tell we've all been locked up for so, such a long time. We just want to go, get me out of there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's, go and, uh, let's, let's get out there. And, yeah, we, we, we can't wait. We're the same as you, you know. We're... Trekkers and travelers and uh, adventurers like you guys and uh, yeah we can't wait to to get out i feel like we're all like uh uncoiled springs you know all that kind of pent-up energy and um we're not far away from being able to get out there and do it yeah exactly. Um, but right, yeah, it's, been a, it's been a really good tuesday tune it's been quite interesting a lot of um not necessarily answering like, like those obvious questions but i think sometimes just talking about um, a certain subject can spark different conversations, and yeah, uh, you know, thanks to everyone today because it's it's great. It's, it's a lot of um, we've had a lot of income in this way, which is great. Like a lot of you have put your stories and your why. A lot of you are, you know, talk about maybe things that you want to do on your bucket list, and yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, no, no, I can't do that. I can't <laughs> stop it at spending my money. Yeah, sorry. Um, hey, you want? <laughs> we can we can guide you, um, and uh, yeah, I, I I appreciate that. Obviously, it comes with a cost uh but yeah it's all about the memories mate all about awesome memories. nice dave dave any um any kind of final thoughts mate before we finish today? um yeah jerome has replied and said the darien gap is classed as the most dangerous jungle in the world very difficult well that's why i want to try it <laughs> you know i mean um you know you can't, can't be afraid of these things um but yeah exactly. no i i think yeah it's just great to hear the the long list of people's whys and I love it when they, you, we go a little bit off topic as well and we can discuss all these other little bits. Um, yeah, it's been a gr- great, great one. I've, uh, yeah, excited. I'm going to go and have my day off now. 
I see, I, yeah, Dave, really appreciate you coming in today. Mate, I'll and never then, miss one. Like even I said, on your week off, fair news. You, 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 you want to do the Tuesday tune-ins. I've never missed a scheduled one, mate. I'll have to be literally, I'll have to be dead before I, <laughs> before I miss one. Wow, this, uh, Maybe in the yeah. Darien Gap. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, well, hey, guys, look, I hope you've enjoyed today. Um, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, any questions or anything at all, do drop us a message. Um, obviously, if you did meet us at the festival, it was great to meet you. Um, and you're keen to get on a trip. Obviously, we'd love to um, have you as part of the uh, Evertracker community and you know work towards uh, some of these adventures we're talking about today. Um, and, yeah, we'll, all, uh, we'll see you next Tuesday, guys. Awesome. Take it easy. Cheers. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I yeah. hope you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. Bye.